there's no equal. Jesus, we thank you today that we're in your house. We thank you today we're together in this place. And as we've lifted our voice in song to praise your name, oh, the joy that floods our hearts, your presence in this place is holy. Your presence in this place protects us, keeps us safe and secure, brings peace and comfort to our hearts. Your presence lifts every burden. Your presence removes despair, takes away fear, dissolves guilt and condemnation. Your presence, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, treasures forevermore. We thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the Word of God that brings life and direction, and help, strength, deliverance. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is all-powerful. It cannot return to you void without accomplishing that for which you send it. Lord, we thank you that you're going to speak, and you already have spoken to our hearts this morning. We're aware of your presence here. We thank you for it. It's going to heal. It's going to deliver. It's going to save. It's going to bring new life. It's going to set free from bondage, slavery, we thank you for the anointing of your presence that it destroys every yoke. The yoke cannot exist where your presence manifests. And we thank you for the manifestation of your presence, Jesus, because we are blood-bought. We are the apple of your eye. We are the prize that you died for. Oh, how you love your church. And all of your interests are in it. Nothing else outside of it are you investing in. Nothing else have you committed your time to build. I will build, you said, my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We thank you that you are building your people in this time, building your church, and nothing that comes against it will prosper. Every weapon fashioned against your church will not prosper, will not succeed against your people. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We are your body. We are your building. 
We are the object of your pleasure. We honor you. We thank you. Jesus, the same, the same yesterday, today. Yes, and forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Whisper his name. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We honor you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, yeah. Let's thank our musicians. Let's give honor and praise to God in this place. You know, something's happening special in this service. Really is. I don't always say that. But something is happening in this service that you may not be aware of this morning. And I say that for this reason. Because when Dave stood up to speak this morning, just encourage us from God's Word with what he said, he really preached everything that I'm going to say this morning to you and encourage you with. I tell you, God is going to speak things into your heart and into your life this morning that he wants to strengthen you with. He really is. So let's open our hearts. Let's listen to God's word. And let's receive. Let's receive what God wants to do in our lives this morning as we listen to his word. We've already heard it. And now I'm just going to repeat what we've already heard to encourage you, to strengthen you in everything that God has for you. Because God's got some new things for you that, that are going to break forth, that are going to suddenly come about. And all of these wonderful new things that God has ahead of you, you're going to walk into. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to change the way you think about some of the things that you think about. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. We're going to start a new series of messages this morning that I'm really excited about, especially as a result of what Dave said this morning, because I know God is on it. We're calling these series of messages, Rethinking Your Life. Rethinking your life. The way that we think about what we think about is very important because thinking shapes who we are and who we're becoming. And in the weeks ahead, I want to encourage you from God's Word to begin to think about what you think about. Because what comes into your mind if accepted, comes out into your life. Thinking is very important. The thoughts that we accept and the thoughts that we reject are important for this reason, that what we think about comes out into our lives. I was thinking about this message and came to my mind years ago, I read a book called you are what you eat. You are what you eat. 
And the book talks about the importance of putting the right food into your body. Putting the right food into your body to become healthy and strong. And the author's message all the way through the book was really simple. Healthy diet, healthy life. Unhealthy diet, unhealthy life. Well, if that's true, we are what we eat. God's word is equally true when it says we are what we think. We are what we think. And if that's the case, which it is, the all-important question to continually ask is, is my mental diet a healthy one or an unhealthy one? Thousands of years ago, King Solomon, the wisest man on the earth, was given great wisdom by God. And he confirmed this by saying this in Proverbs 23, verse 7, which we've already heard Dave read. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is an amazing verse in the Bible. A short line, really, that sums up life completely. Solomon is saying something profound in these words about how life works, the mechanics of life, how it works, how it operates. Because Solomon understood that life was not just a series of random circumstances, not just a series of chance events. Solomon understood that the thoughts that we think have the greatest part to play in creating and constructing the lives that we live. What Solomon is telling us in this very simple short verse in Proverbs 23 is that the immaterial thoughts that we entertain and embrace in our minds become the material experiences of the life that we live. The immaterial thoughts that we hold and embrace in our minds are behind all of the material events and circumstances of our lives. Thoughts, very powerful. Thoughts are very important. And the way we think and what we embrace and what we take hold of in our minds, we must think about. The Bible, God's Word, shows us on many different fronts, at many different occasions, that our lives continually move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Think about that for a moment. Your life moves in the direction of the most predominant, strongest thought that you embrace, that you hold in your mind. It's important to think about what we think about. So we regularly have to ask ourselves, 
Are we happy with the direction that our strongest thoughts are taking us in? If the answer is no, then we have God's Word to help us. God's Word to bring order where there is disorder. God's Word to bring life where there is chaos. God's got a Word and He's speaking to us this morning to think about what we think about. Do you know lots of times as a family over the years we've gone to London. I love London. Absolutely love it. It's a bustling city, full of life. And you know, we, we more often than not, pass Big Ben. You go down, you see it. And by Big Ben, as you'll know, you see Westminster, the Houses of Parliaments. And it's just such a grand, grand place. Every week, politicians meet in Westminster. Opposing parties come together. And, you know, you've seen it on TV, right into the meetings that they have. And you see them arguing. You see them shouting at one another from opposing sides. And there's a huge amount of noise as arguments flare and issues are raised and decisions need to be made and there's disorder. And then suddenly, the man of the house bangs his hammer down on his desk and cries one word, order! You've heard him. Order! And everything comes into order. Silence reigns. All of the arguments, all of the shouting, all of the pointing and the jeering come under the order of his command. He brings order where there's chaos. He brings order where there is disorder. Well, the speaker of your house, the word of God in your heart, when chaos reigns in your mind, when arguments flare, when worry and anxiety come and you struggle and grapple with fear, the speaker of the house stands up in your heart, bangs his hammer down hard and cries order. And when he cries order, everything becomes still. When he cries order, all of those straying thoughts that you're struggling with, all of those fears that are trying to take hold of your heart and your mind are silenced. The Word of God addresses the way that we think. The Word of God and the promises of God bring order where there is disorder, chaos, uh, life where there is chaos, peace where there is turmoil. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says about the Word of God in your heart. It says this, For the Word of God is living and powerful 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God, which is living, active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. That's wonderful news for us. It really is. Because if we are being overcome by thoughts in our mind that's constantly dragging us back to moments that we cannot change, or when we're struggling to stand on our feet but getting knocked down by thoughts that are causing our hearts to get heavy. It's the Word of God that brings order where there is disorder. The Word of God is living. It's like a sharp sword that will bring an end to any thought or any imagination that tries to take hold of us and move us off in the wrong direction. It's a discerner, we're told. A discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. This word discern that's used means to examine and distinguish by separating out, by intensively looking into. It's telling us that God's Word scrutinizes and raises questions about the thoughts that we think, the thoughts that may be holding you back, thoughts that might be knocking you down, thoughts that might be causing you to feel insecure, self-conscious, or afraid. It's those thoughts and many, many more thoughts that the Word of God can help you with to overcome and to be triumph, triumphant over. The Word of God scrutinizes and raises questions about the thoughts that we think in order to help us and enable us to live the Christ life that Jesus has provided for us. It confronts the intentions of our heart in order to bring change. And it brings its discernment into our lives. Whether a thought should be followed or discarded. The Word of God is living. It wants to have an active voice in our hearts, in our minds. It wants to have an active role in our lives, in the area of our thinking, in order to help us discern what is good and what is not good. That's what it's there to do. Word of God is your greatest friend. It's not your foe. It's not your enemy. It brings wisdom, correction, direction into our mind. And therefore, let's always allow it to examine our thoughts 
our imaginations and the intentions of our heart because it wants to make us more like Christ, to come into all that he has provided for us. For the rest of this morning, I want to talk about getting past your past. Getting past your past. I woke up early Tuesday morning, and this doesn't always happen, but there are occasions where the Holy Spirit will wake me up and really put an emphasis on a word that he has given me for you. And he's really placing an emphasis on this word to help us this morning. And that's obvious because he'd already spoken to Dave as well. He really wants to help us in the way that we think. And one of the things that he wants to help us with this morning is to get past our past. I felt the Holy Spirit say this, ask my people, are they willing to believe that their past is past? Are you willing to believe that your past is past? God doesn't want any single one of us to be living as prisoners of the past, where every day almost seems like we're living out a sentence because of the past that we, our mind is continually going back to. Your strongest thought today could be about something in your past that you can't get beyond. And you're allowing your thinking to transport you back into circumstances that no longer exist but still have great emotional impact on your life. Jesus doesn't want any one of us to live like that. Jesus doesn't want any single one of us for our, for our thoughts and our imaginations to continually transport us back into past events that no longer exist. He wants us to get past our past, so that we can go forward into all of the great things that he has for our lives in the future. We can spend years sometimes, years of our lives trying to deal with the after effects of a past that we can't seem to get beyond. You know, thoughts can be a bit like catching a train. You go to Newport, you buy your ticket, then you get on the relevant platform and you jump on the train and you head towards London. Well, when you get to London Paddington and you arrive in the station, you get off the train, you can't start scratching your head wondering why you're not in Cardiff Central. No, you bought the ticket, you jumped on the platform, then you boarded the train and you headed off to London Paddington. It's no good scratching your head wondering why you're not in Cardiff Central. Thoughts can be a bit like that. They're arriving 
every day, moment by moment, on the platform of your mind. You have to be careful to choose what thought to board and what thought not to board. What train to enter and what train to let pass by. We can't just board any old thought in our minds. We have to ask, where is it going? Where is it going to take me? Where am I going to arrive at if I board this thought? If I entertain it? If I allow it to grow? One man said this, which I thought was quite humorous. He said, birds fly over your head all the time. But you don't have to allow them to nest in your hair, do you? Thoughts come in and out of our mind. We choose whether we allow them to thrive and grow or whether we shoo them away. God wants us to get past our past. To go ahead into a future that he's calling us into for our lives to flourish, to be fruitful, and to be everything that he's created them to be. I spoke to a person earlier this week. I was telling them about Jesus. And within moments of the conversation, as I began to tell them about God's love and what Jesus had done for them, a whole history, an old history of painful past events just came rising up out of the heart to argue and to contend with the love that God was offering this person. The most strongest dominant thought in their mind was rooted back into past events that they could not change, but they had been fueling and keeping alive for years. And sadly, that person, as I offered the wonderful news of the gospel, to them, sadly, that person went away holding on to their past and leaving the future that God had for them and wanted to give them in Christ Jesus. It's sad to see it, but many, many people don't ever get past their past, they choose to remain holding on to events that no longer exist and circumstances that are no longer relevant to their lives, but in their minds, they're fixed about their decisions. And every day, they board that train back into their past instead of boarding a train into the future that God has for them in His Word. The answer to getting past our past is to understand how God sees it. God sees it as passed away. Amen. Passed away. Amen. Understand how God sees your past. Passed away. It's gone. It's over. It no longer, it's it's. To, to no longer have any effect or relevance in your life. Now, God's not, you know, 
saying that there's not good things back in your past and you just to wipe your memory of all of those wonderful, precious memories that life has afforded you. No, not at all. But he's, he's telling us and instructing us not to be held unlimited and bound and restricted by any past event that would hinder us entering into the wonderful new things that he has for us. On one occasion, God wanting to help his people to get past their past, through the prophet Isaiah spoke these words and gave them a very, very direct command. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Listen to how God speaks, his, speaks to his people and instructs them. He says this, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall come forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God was simply instructing and commanding his people to stop remembering and entertaining thoughts that took them back into negativity. Because it would hinder their ability to receive and see all of the new things that God was about to do before them. Something new was about to burst on the scene. Something new was about to erupt. And God was at the center of it. God was behind it all. And God didn't want his people to be preoccupied by a past history that had no present relevance for their lives. He wasn't committed to former things. He wasn't committed to the old things that had passed away. No, his commitment and investment and life and energy was in all of the new things that he was going to do before them. So it was a wake-up call. God said, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now that this morning could be a word right into your heart, right into your situation. Something that you need to hear, something that you need to take hold of, something that you need to embrace. Do not remember the former things. God wants you to get past your past. You could be struggling with your marriage. Very real. And the root issue of all of the struggles in your marriage is that you are remembering former things. Let me give you some advice if you're going to get married. You're going to have to really not have a good memory. You can't go around remembering mistakes and things that either one of you failed to do. You've got to accept one another with all of your flaws and your faults. 
And the root issue for you this morning in your marriage or in any relationship, not just marriage, but in any relationship, could be in this word. Do not remember the former things. Do not consider the things of old. Get excited about the new in your relationship. Get excited to embrace all of the new things that are ahead of you as a couple or in your friendship groups, with your colleagues at work. Don't let your mind continually go back into the past. Don't let it transport you continually back into thinking about those things where one failed and they didn't do this or they didn't do that. That'll do you no good. No, do not remember. God says, do not remember. Now, this is quite hard to understand. Do not remember means do not remember. Very simple. Very deep. I had to do a four-year theology de degree to work that one out. Do not remember means do not remember. Years ago, I remember, I remember having a conversation with my dad. And um, I began to tell him about a relational conflict I was in with another person. And he listened while I spoke in detail for 15 minutes. And I told him all of the reasons why I was right and the other person was wrong. Didn't miss any details out. I had all of the facts exact and were presenting them to him one after another, just like a long mental list that I'd remembered that I could recite well. And I did. Every detail was elaborate. I'm telling you, I didn't present this picture about this other person in black and white. No way. It was full color. Full color. And I told him, and I spoke to him, As I looked at my dad, he was unresponsive, unmoved, unimpressed by all of the details, by all of the elaborate description that I painted before him for 15 long minutes. And because he was unimpressed, quiet, Listening, saying nothing. I asked him at the end of it. I said, Dad, what do you think? And he looked at me. And he said, Dave, just one question. I said, yeah. He said, have you got peace? Now, that question 
hit me like an Arctic lorry. Peace. Peace, I said. Dad, I haven't had peace for 18 months. He said, son, if you haven't had peace for 18 months, you've paid too high a price by keeping the past alive in your imagination. You've paid too high a price by keeping the past alive in your imagination. I wonder today, ask yourself the question. Do you have peace? It's an awkward question. It's a searching question. But don't avoid it. Allow God the moment to come in and his word to cut and confront and address your state of mind and your heart. Do you have peace? If you don't, it could be because you're paying too high a price by entertaining thoughts and imaginations about the past that are fueling, fueling the unsettled state and trouble that you hold in your heart. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. You see, on from there, on from there, that moment, where my dad asked me that question, Dave, do you have peace? On from that moment, the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart. He began to dig deep and confront and change. And, and it's an ongoing process. His work in my life, his work in your life is an ongoing process. But he began to change me to the point where I asked that person to forgive me. My goodness, that's a miracle as big as the opening of the Red Sea. I asked that person to forgive me. And you know what? They said yes. Maybe today, it could be that you've got to ask somebody to forgive you. God doesn't want you to raise the dead or feed, feed 5,000 people or heal all of these incurable diseases. He may just want you to ask somebody to forgive you. Maybe not. But beyond that, great blessing lies. Beyond that, great, great, Fruit will be yours. It could be that you need to ask your wife to forgive you. Why not do it? It could be you need to ask your husband to forgive you. Go ahead and do it. 
It'll make your marriage stronger, bigger, more blessed, more fruitful than you could ever imagine. Go ahead. Do it. Don't dig your heels in. Don't jump in the trench and and fire bullets at one another. No. Love each other as Christ loves the church. Very quiet. Let's just be quiet a minute. Thank you. Let's just let that one settle down, settle in. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, some of us need to do that this morning. The Apostle Paul would not allow anything in his past to obscure his vision of what was ahead of him. Philippians 3 verse 13, he says these words. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This one thing I do, he says. This is what I'm placing all of my priorities in. This is the one thing that I make sure I do every day, forgetting the things that are behind. Paul was free. He was free in Christ. He had moved and passed beyond his past. And here we hear of this in this chapter of how he was liberated and free. He says, I forget about those things that have formerly been. I forget about what's behind me. The word forget that Paul uses here means this, to cease to be affected by. Literally, he's saying, the things that are behind me have lost their hold in my mind. They've lost their hold on my life. I've moved beyond them because what's before me is so glorious. What's before me is so wonderful. Christ is filling my vision. Christ is filling my expectation. There's nothing back there for me. Everything that I can see is ahead of me in Christ Jesus. He had gone past his past to lay hold and to strain forward and to press forward into all of the things that God had for him in his life. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul again wanting to help believers get past their past says this, and you know these words well, but God wants to make them a reality in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Listen, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become 
new. Paul is announcing, declaring that everything that has passed has passed away. How does God see our past very different to us? He sees it as passed away. It's not to have effect in our lives anymore because it doesn't have any relevance. God is doing a new thing. He wants us to behold. He wants us to see. Behold, Paul says, behold, all things about your life now are new in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. There's a lot to think about. A lot to think about from what we've said this morning. Begin to think about what you're thinking about. Today, that word from Isaiah might be relevant to you right at this moment in your life. God is saying to you, don't remember the former things. Don't hold on to the old. No, he's about to do something new in your life. He wants to make you aware of it. He wants to wake you up to it. He doesn't want you transporting yourself back into old thoughts, into old memories, into circumstances that have no relevance in your life any longer. He wants to generate an expectation of faith in your heart for the new that he's ready to do. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Don't remember the former things. Bring closure on it. And it's not easy to do. But God knows we can do it. And it's well within. It's well within our ability to do it. If we embrace it and accept it and discipline our minds. Do not remember the former things. It's a command that he gives to us with great blessing attached to it. Or maybe you've got to resolutely say as you leave this place this morning. Like Paul said, this one thing I'm going to commit to. This one thing I'm going to make my daily practice. Forgetting what's behind. This one thing I'm going to lay hold of. I'm not going to lay hold of What's in the past, I'm going to lay hold of everything that Jesus has for me in the present and what's ahead in my life. Or for others of us, it may be that fresh conviction that we need. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. They are dead and gone. We have to leave them behind and walk into everything that God has for us. Whatever it might be, I'm going to pray in a moment. The Holy Spirit is going to apply his word. Do you know God has spoken to us through flawed vessels, 
through weak vessels, through vessels that are struggling with this themselves. But the Lord has spoken to us this morning to encourage us. Our minds, Colossians says, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. That's where you need to set your mind. That's where you need to focus your expectations. That's where you need to set your heart. On the values and the thoughts that God has about your lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your people this morning. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to help us in the area of our mind, in the way that we think, maybe about ourselves, maybe about others, maybe it's in relation to our past, maybe it's in current circumstances that we are facing that are kind of going in the wrong direction and are all over the place. Holy Spirit, you want to help us. You want to Bring order, maybe, where there's disorder in our thinking. You want to bring truth where there's confusion. We pray that your living word in our hearts would discern our thoughts, correct our thoughts, address our thoughts, and help us to think well, that we would have a healthy and a wealthy mental diet. And like David, we'd be able to say, you provided a wonderful table for us to sit and eat at in the presence of our enemies. I pray for your people. I pray for peace that passes understanding. I pray for joy that flows and removes all sorrow. I pray, Holy Spirit, as we begin to think about what we think about, your word of truth would lay hold in our mind and what we think about, we would see to be the very building blocks of the great future that you have for us. Lord, I pray this over your people right now in Jesus' name for your glory. And all God's people said, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing before we go this morning. But we're going to be getting into this over the next few weeks. Rethinking our lives because God has got new things ahead ready for each and every one of us. But in our, in our moving to and our moving into what God has ahead of us, we might have to and probably will have to leave go of some of those things that we've held on to in the past within the framework of our mind. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's, let's give him praise for his word this morning. We're going to sing before we go. God bless you. Oh, what a great service that we've had this morning. 
you know, challenging. The Word of God challenges, doesn't it? Because God doesn't want to see us stay where we're at. He wants us to enter into everything that God has for us. And sometimes that means we have to let go and allow the Word of God to change and transform us from the inside out. You know, you may be here this morning, the whole title, Rethinking Your Life. You could be here this morning saying, do you know what? I need to really rethink my life because actually I'm listening to what David said. I'm listening to what we've sang. And you kind of feel as if you've been doing life on your own steam and in your own strength. And you've thought that actually you've been able to do everything on your own. But today you've come to a realization that what you've got to bring to your life doesn't quite cut it. That there is more to life than you being in control of your decisions, for you being in control of the way that you do things. Can I just say, if you've come to that realization today, there is a loving Heavenly Father that says, do you know what? I don't need you or I don't want you to have to do this on your own. But I want to be here to lead and to guide you into a life that will blow your mind, into a life that's filled with good things. So maybe today is the beginning of a journey of you rethinking your thoughts about God and rethinking your thoughts about Jesus. And you're here today and you're like, do you know what, I wanna start by making a decision that I wanna follow him. And can I say, if you're at that point, if you're watching online or you're in the room today, that is the single most important decision that you can make for your life, is making a decision that actually I need to follow somebody. And that person I'm going to choose to follow is Jesus Christ. So in this room, if that's you today, why don't you pray this prayer? inviting Jesus to come and live in your life. God doesn't ask us to sort ourselves out before he accepts us. All that God asks is are we prepared to place our faith and trust in him and accept that he loves us unconditionally and that he wants to do something in our lives. So this morning, why don't you pray this? Why don't you say, Jesus... Thank you for loving me. I don't deserve it. I've not done anything to earn it. In fact, if I'm honest, I've probably been quite hostile towards you. But I'm here today, and I want to ask you into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And please accept me for who I am. I want to ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer today, you have prayed the best prayer of your life. And I just want to encourage you. This is a journey. The Christian life is a journey. And God, like Dave read through the scripture, when we ask Jesus in our lives, we become new people. God changes us from the inside out, and then he helps lead us over a period of weeks, months, years, transforming us into who he wants us to be. So my encouragement, our encouragement would be just keep coming to church.
and watch what God is going to do as you receive the teachings of the Bible and you ask him to help you live that out. Watch what he'll do. 